The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host, a jelly donut, David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you, and I care. Barry Stein. I'm going to use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan. They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful. What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. And we're going to light them up and keep that smoke rolling. It's Saturday, May 9th, and it's the bane of a lot of cigar smokers' existence. You buy a lighter, and for a while it works, and then it stops working. Today, we're going to go back through lighter maintenance briefly as Barry and I fly solo. Solo? Fly duo. Without Ed Sullivan or David Garofalo, they're at a podcasting trade show instead of on today's podcast. Later, we're going to hit our list of cigar life bullshit and cover uh, turning part of your home into a smoking room and still managing to be married after that first light up today on The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Barrents. I'm going to jinx it. Everything has gone off so far perfectly. <laughs> That's a good way to jinx it, pal. Yes. Uh, so uh, we got we got no boys with us today. It's just you and I for the first hour, and then uh, we've got a special guest coming in the second hour. The, the better... Uh the better be. I don't know about that. He's handsomer. I'll give you. I'll give him that. More charismatic too. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going on. So why don't we? Uh, why don't we get started? We're going to light up our first cigar today. What are we smoking? Well, today's first cigar is the Das Hombre Candela, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic. And we're going to smoke the seven and a half by fifty Churchill, which features a Candela wrapper over binder and fillers from Nicaragua. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and a single cigar will set you back $4.19, while a bundle of 20 is $62.99, which is a savings of almost $21, or 25% off the bundle price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Now, I know what Dave is thinking right away. He's thinking, oh, Jonathan did his own read for his normal stuff. Uh, And I said to you before the show starts, I'm going to do everything I can to keep it so there's no heavy lifting for you because you certainly have your hands full with production. And everybody watching at home, you notice you can see Barry. I reworked the board so that it can be up on the stage so that I wasn't by myself. Right. And Dave said last week you get to be in his pants as well as your own. It's and I get to awkward. take the role of Ed Sullivan. Awkward turn of phrase. Which means instead of saying two sentences all show, I'll get to say three. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Well, let's cut this bad, Larry. It's time to cut our cigars, and the official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. We're going to give this a little cut. 
Now I noticed when I took the uh, took a whiff of the wrapper. It's winter time up here in New England. This is the smell of a freshly cut lawn. Yeah, it has that floral char- uh, characteristic that most candelas do. I think I'd go a little bit beyond floral, buddy. This is grass. But it also has on the pre-light drawer, it has a nice amount of spice from the Nicaraguan tobacco. All right. So you're going to hit that. Uh, there we go. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Intimidator. This is a four-jet lighter with a color-changing flame, easy adjustment at the bottom, and the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, all for the low price of $24.99. That's the Vertigo Intimidator. And uh, Dave gave me a hard time when I sent him the show notes saying, oh, every time I go away, you go over the lighter maintenance. And I said, well, I'm not going to go as deep as I did last time, and uh, maybe afterwards you can add to the show notes the uh, episode that we did where I did go deep because some lighters can't be fixed just by ghosting. You got to take them apart. Definitely. And uh, a few complaints from the last time we did this, that your hand was more on camera than the actual repair aspect of the lighter. So numerous people have asked us to redo it. So when you were over there playing the role of George Costanza, the hand model, you're modeling the lighter, not your hands. I disagree, but hey, whatever. Someone wants to... uh, do their own lighter maintenance show. They're welcome to. So I took the liberty of, uh, for all intent and purposes, reliving what happens to most people uh, with their lighter, and I essentially broke my lighter. So I'm going to use today the Vertigo Cyclone, which is a three-jet lighter with a flip top and uh, also featuring the patented big-ass tank. So a couple of things that you want to look at with your lighter here. You've got your igniter. You have your three jets in this case, and you have your adjustment at the bottom. So the first part of ghosting, you've got uh, gas, hold upside down, oxygen, spark, and timing. So the first thing that I want to look at is do, do I have gas in the tank, which it appears that I do. That's nice that I've got a clear tank to be able to see that. So in clicking, it looks like the lighter wants to light and the flame keeps going out. So going to the end of this, this could be a timing issue. I could be clicking too fast. So if I slow down up, I just barely have a flame and then it goes out. So the first thing you want to look at is your adjustment at the bottom. If you have fuel in the tank, you turn it up, which is maybe an eighth of a turn. Just so you know, Dave's watching. Oh, great. An eighth of a turn to the left. And I'm starting to see a little bit of life here with the lighter. So I'm going to turn it up a little more. Perfect. So I would have fixed my lighter right there without needing any tools whatsoever. The next thing is when it comes to, uh, you notice that my fuel is a little low, so I want to fill the lighter now. So I'm going to hang the lighter upside down. I'm going to take, I'm going to actually do the example as to why we bleed. So if I go to just fill this, you'll see that the fuel will only go up a certain amount. I still have about uh, 20% of the tank that appears to be filled with air. It's not taking any more fuel. So what I want to do is bleed that out. There's some back pressure in there. So I've got it hung upside down. I'm pressing a little Phillips screwdriver into the When inlet. you do this, you want to make sure you don't have a cigar in your mouth. Correct. And you don't, want, uh, you don't want to point it at your face. So now when I fill it, it goes pretty damn close to right to the top. I'm going to bleed that off since this is my lighter. All right. So now I've got the tank filled. Now, oxygen is important. So you want to make sure on the sides of the lighter... There's little vents. 
if you have those vents and you, I keep my lighter in my pocket all the time. So something that I need to do is clean these vents out from time to time because that starves that fuel of the oxygen it needs to light. Spark is the next part of our little acronym. So this little sparker right here, sometimes the lighter will want to ignite and it'll ground itself out to the housing. So if you look at it and you're getting spark, but that spark is not going down to one of the jets, that's, your, that's going to be your main issue there. So you want to make sure you can just bend that little sparker toward the jet and you keep clicking until you see the spark is going to the jet and the lighter will light. And then the final thing, this lighter is pretty good when it comes to timing. I can click almost as fast as I want, but some of the lighters that have the self-opening or single action, those you've got to allow that door to open, which is going to cause a rush of oxygen and kind of blow that flame out. So once the door is open, you click a little slower and your lighter will light. And that's how you ghost your lighter. So premium butane, the brand name is not super important. What is important is that the rim around the top is there as opposed to a seam down the side. If the seam is down the side, I believe that fuel comes out of Mexico. It's not that it wouldn't burn. It just isn't purified enough. So if the seal is in the top, it comes out of China and they are uh, purifying that butane because you got small jets. And then one other thing you should have in your toolkit for cleaning lighters is a toothbrush. Uh, when I light my cigar, I tend to light from the side so that I don't get the particulates to fall inside the jet. But and a lot of people can solve a lot of the problems by lighting their cigar from the side. Correct. Because this way the ash isn't falling into the lighter. It's just falling into your lap. So a little, a little scrubby scrubby, blow it out. And you'll see in most cases, the jets come to life. Now there's things you can't fix if the lighter is very old and there's a, um, inside the butane, I just found out this today, inside the butane, you, you can take me off camera now, I'm done. Uh, there is what is called an anti-huffing agent. It makes the fuel actually taste bad for people that are looking to get high on butane. So that agent that's in there gums up the jets of the lighter from inside. So sometimes you may take a paper clip if it's small enough or a little pin or a staple and you can get in and just clean out those jets. Just press a little pressure. Don't go too deep. A little rotor rooter action. Yeah, that'll clean them out. But the um, lighting from the side is going to keep the, the lighter alive. Oh, I was going to say the, the tubes. There's tubes that come out of the fuel tank inside the lighter that fuel those jets. And if those, when those get old and cracked, and one of the things that's a little corrosive to them is that anti-huffing agent. So eventually those tubes are going to crack and you'll see flames coming out of the side of those jets. Just throw that lighter away. They're cheap enough at 13 bucks to get yourself another plastic tanked lighter. And uh, Dave had enough. He's left the building. Nice. Good. <laughs> that means he's going to listen on uh, the flight home. On the flight home. What's your opinion on Candela cigars? I, you know, everybody this time of year wants to light up a Candela. You got St. Patty's coming a week from tomorrow. You're going to be drinking green beer. I won't be. Or a little Irish coffee with the cream de mint on top. I might try that. That sounds good. Um, I like a Candela from time to time. I know Dave, Dave hates them. I like that grassy component. It's not my regular go-to. It's not in my regular rotation. But once in a while... Uh, it's nice. It seems like over the years, the Candela cigars have changed. 
you know, when I first started smoking, the only Candela I really knew of was the 858 by Fuente. Sure. And since then, more companies have come out with them. LaFord Dominicana did it for a while. Illusion did it for a while. This is the third or the fourth year that Das Hombre has done it. And you got Skip Martin, who's going to be on next week, that does it well. It's changed. It's become a better cigar. I think blending itself has changed. And people are realizing that you get more flavor when you have more strength. So I think cigars are, by and large, getting fuller bodied as we go. It was a race to the top for a little while where people were just coming out with cigars that were strong for the sake of being strong. But I think we're in the golden age of blending where they're blending cigars for flavor right now. So you're going to have to, you, 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 you say it all the time, you know, this is not your grandfather's Connecticut. The, the, even the Connecticut shade cigars are coming with a little more oomph. Yeah, this is not your grandfather's Candela. I had that in my list of notes to make sure I said. <laughs> uh, I think this is your grandfather's Candela. It's pretty mild. But there's, there's you know, we're going to get in the next half hour into misconceptions about the cigar industry. And I think you touched on a little bit of a misconception that stronger means more flavor. It's still harder to blend a mild cigar with flavor than it is a stronger cigar with flavor because a lot of times it's easier to hide it in the strength. Yes. There's no room for mistake in a Connecticut or a mild cigar. You got something like, you know, even if you go high end and you go something like Atabay, which is not a mild cigar. It's, it's got that Connecticut shade wrapper on it. But somebody smoking that thinking they're getting a mild, mild cigar, this it's packed with flavor. There is some higher priming tobacco in there. See, I still give it a three in terms of strength. Which is... On the higher end of mild. Yeah. Mild plus, yeah, creeping four, into yeah. medium. Which, by the way, two people um, were nice enough to gift me with a Spiritus for my birthday. That's nice. So uh, I want to give a thank you to those guys. Always nice to have somebody buy you a cigar and appreciate you. It is. It is. All right. Why don't we uh, Why don't we jump into the versus segment? Really tough, by the way, with two people. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel the void. I feel the void. I'm missing David. And that sound means it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? Beatles. If the Beatles were to come out today in 2019 and release an album versus Maroon 5, one of the top groups of today, going back in time and releasing an album in 1960 when the Beatles came out, who wins that battle? Are we talking Beatles in 1969, terms 67, in terms of age? Or are we talking resurrecting from the dead, John Lennon, George Harrison? Uh, I think you're going to, we got a time machine here. So we're going to take the Beatles in their original form in 1960. And the Beatles would have better success than Maroon 5 would have. You think? Because Beatles music is timeless. 10 years from now, I don't think anybody's really going to care who Maroon 5 is. Interesting. Maroon 5, that's the guy that was on the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't even know. Adam Lambert, I think. Is that no, his name? Adam Lambert was the guy that filled in for Freddie Mercury on uh, Queen. Adam Levine, thank you. Adam Levine. All right, I think you made your point. We we know who the Beatles are, but we don't know. I don't know all the names of. No, I mean, look at look at people in Maroon Five. Look at the big deal when Apple Music got Beatles. Everybody was like, finally, and became instantly most downloaded stuff. I don't think people are you know 
from that time frame are listening to Maroon 5. Where yeah, youth yeah. of today, well, we'll go a little bit further. Millennials of today are listening to the Beatles. You know, I don't think your 14-year-old is listening to the Beatles unless daddy has it on or mommy has it on. Actually, I think more of the youth of today are listening to the Beatles than you think. And for that reason, I think I got to go Beatles myself. They're still overrated, though. Rolling Stones was a better band. You're just looking for mailbags right Yes, I am. (laughs) Chicago Peach still sucks. (sighs) All right. What are we getting for uh, flavor notes here? Got a little bit of spice, a little bit of a floral component, a little bit of wheat. It's definitely earthy, but there is some of that Nicaraguan quality of that of that the filler tobacco yeah you got a little spice in there uh that candela is overpowering on on flavor wise uh the filler for me really very pungent on the grassy sweet component see i don't picture to me grass is bitter there is that sweet component that cancels out the bitterness you mow the lawn it smells sweet it's it's more floral to me than grass my brother and I were talking about uh, a bit where you talk about the different woods. So he has a lathe and uh, just got a new sharpening tool because he has the best brother on the planet. And so he went and uh, milled a bunch of dowels out of different wood and saved all the shavings. So in a future episode, I think we're going to sit down with him and go over the different aromas of the different woods. And uh, We know you're all about wood, so... <sighs> Even without him here, you yeah. just you take. So then we'll get the bell. If Dave was here, I'd get the bell. Here you go. Buddy. I feel better now. Thank you. That's right, Dave. I'm touching the bell. Uh, so I do have a couple of mailbags here that came in recently that we can go through. Uh, and this is Stephen writing to us through the contact us page. Uh, hey guys, many time caller. Expanding on Ed's idea for pizza at Dave's house, focus on collaborations and have the well-seasoned gourmand as a judge for Barry's Pizza, your boy, Dozier. Is Tommy still alive? Yes. Yeah, he's, uh, I see him on social media. He's not doing his podcast lately, but. Um, Challenge accepted. I'll go, I'll go against you for pizza. Yeah, one-on-one? Yeah, you can't put broccoli on top, though. That's. My go-to move. No, it doesn't count. Pizzas, sauce, cheese, a little bit of the yeast, the dough. Pineapple, jalapenos. No, pineapple does not belong on pizza. None of this Hawaiian crap. So Tommy writes through the contact dust page, uh, Views Alto commercial. I just saw a vape commercial on TV. The commercial started out with a nicotine warning and went to the ad. How can they put ads on TV and cigars not? Thanks. I always enjoy your podcast, but... You already know that. And I did a little research on this. For TV and radio, the band started in January on January 2nd, 1971, at midnight. The last cigarette ad ran on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show at 11.50 p.m. The bills for this started circulating in 1969 and were fought by Big Tobacco until they realized they actually could free up ad funds for other outlets. So they let... The big tobacco actually let the band go through. They stopped fighting. And uh, currently, 
Electronic nicotine delivery systems are defined as a form of smoking cessation and therefore are no different than nicotine gum, which is allowed to advertise. So we look at a vape device as similar to a smoking product, but as far as the FDA is concerned, it's considered smoking cessation. So they're allowing that to go through. Which is also why Juul was allowed to take out that full-page ad in the Dallas newspaper. Correct. In support of raising it to 21, but in the same time advertising their product. In researching the answer for that uh, question, and thanks, Tom, for writing in, I found an awful lot of information about the different layers of the tobacco ban, uh, so much so that it was too much to do in one segment here. Uh, So I'm going to start doing a little more research and trying to connect some dots. So I may have an article for the show, uh, for the blog, soon enough. All right. Take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, When we come back, you hear people talking about what they think they know about cigars in the lounge every day. Some of it is real, and some of it is complete BS. We're diving deep into the rumors, and we'll give you nothing but the facts right after this quick break. We're live at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper, considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez, full-flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper, rich in bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice, and available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum, competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
brown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing pot. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. And we're back and smoking. A longtime listener who we shall call Brad 
wrote in and asked to do a show about misconceptions in cigar smoking. With all the BS flying around, you may not know what is right and what is less than accurate. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. And it was pointed out by our, uh, our audience here that I say the word ah a lot. And I'm going to... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to stop saying it. I try to. I'm going to try. It's going to be hard. Dave wants to know uh, if the two of us could sit further apart. We could. We could. Physically. I got a little... A little room to my side here. I wanted to leave room for the guest. I wasn't sure yeah, we when I set the chairs up. Yeah, we know how far the soundboard would go. I mean, I just yeah. did the best I could with what I had. Plus, I don't want to sit next to him. It is odd, really, us not going at each other. We're kind of being nice to each other. I think could, I'm that hoping I could change if you want. I'm hoping that changes before the show's over. You know, as your brother just pointed out, it was a birthday wish for you to be a better person. So I'm doing my part to try to help you. Thanks. So through the contact us page. Brad writes, hello, gentlemen. I have a possible show idea. I don't think you've done this in the past. I call it the cigar bullshit episode. It seems like there are copious amounts of cigar bullshit fed to consumers, everything from cutting, lighting, humidification. And here are some examples I've seen in person. An old guy in the lounge licks his entire cigar before lighting, claiming it makes it burn more evenly and slowly. How about that mega douche that claims lighting your cigar with anything other than a piece of cedar ruins the entire cigar? You should all make a list of common cigar bullshit and explain why it's bullshit. And discuss common myths. Lots of good education. Thank you for writing that, Brad. So I did, uh, I did compile a list. I did it again. I said it. I'm going to stop saying it today. Uh, yes, you did. I made a list. I checked it twice. And... Deep-throating your cigar because it burns better and slower is bullshit. And I've also heard people say they do it to prevent it from falling apart. If it's falling apart, you're cutting it too deep. You cut the cap off and the thing unravels on you. you and, it, and if you do deep-throat it and you ask somebody for a cutter, don't be offended if they tell you no. They might be a germaphobe. If you're going to deep-throat it, use your own cutter. I've uh, pulled my cutter out of someone's hand before. I have as well. I hand them the cutter. They've got a dry cigar. And next thing I know, the Throat Olympics start. And Turned I you on reach a little in, bit, didn't it? A little. I reach in, grab the cutter, and something like, are you out of your effing mind comes out of my mouth. Mm. Go use the slobber cutter. And they, they look at me funny. And they walk over. And what the one guy downstairs said, why do they call it the slobber cutter? And he looked at his cigar and it's all wet. And he looked back at me and said, oh, no. I go, yes, that's why they call it the slobber cutter. Yes, you are one of those guys. You're that guy. You're that guy. Uh, cedar, matches, or your freshly ghosted lighter. What's the best way to light your cigar? We did an episode on this where we did the different lighting I, techniques. And I, I think there's two that are a valid answer. One works better than the other, of course. There is nothing wrong with lighting your cigar with a cedar strip. It's harder to control the flame. It doesn't burn as hot as a lighter. It is not that pinpoint accuracy. So, yes, a torch lighter is your best bet. I'm going to go and take the opposing viewpoint that there is something wrong with using cedar to light your cigar because not all cigars taste good when brought into contact with cedar or cedar smoke. You do change the flavor and you change the smoking experience when you introduce another flavor. Right. Cedar to does have an aromatic quality to it. It can put a little bit of cedar in the beginning. And in that aspect, it's no different than using a Zippo lighter. 
The absolute worst thing to use is a Zippo lighter without the torch insert. Correct. Because you're going to get that initial taste of butane. And they say you can burn it off, but it never goes away. You can well, taste it. Or not butane. It. What's the fuel in, uh, in a Zippo? Zippo fuel okay. or lighter fluid. Lighter fluid. Which you do, you do taste that throughout the cigar. Anything that your tobacco in your cigar comes in contact with, you're going to taste for the duration. And this was part of that experiment. We did that episode two years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. where we had four Coronas and we lit them all differently. Mm-hmm. The one that tasted the best was the one where we used the the um, jet lighter. Number two was soft flame, and I, I think that my theory at the time was it takes a little longer to light the cigar with a soft flame, mm-hmm. so you, the tobacco goes out and gets lit and goes out and gets lit more often so than with a zippo. So it burns a little bit wonky at the beginning. A little bit wonky, but it, you mm-hmm. when you when the tobacco goes out. Each time your cigar goes out, you lose a little tiny bit of flavor and quality in that smoke. If you are using matches, and even if you're using wooden matches in a cigar shop, don't light it directly into your cigar. Let that initial burn Get rid happen. of the sulfur. Exactly. Get right. rid of the sulfur. You could get... Uh, I've never seen sulfur-free matches. Dave says all the time you can get them, and they're expensive. I've never seen them. I don't know firsthand, but I do know lighting my cigar with a match versus a lighter, it changes the smoking experience a little. Uh, another one is Cuba makes the best cigars in the world. I hear this all the time. Guys will come in and they'll say, uh, I need a humidor and I just bought a bunch of cigars. I was on a trip or my friend was on a trip and that's all I smoked. They're the best in the world and that's what I'm going to smoke. And it turns into one of the biggest biggest letters that we get on the show because we are not fans of Cuban cigars. They're inconsistent. As cigars go, they, they're just they, okay. Yeah, they remind me too much of, you know, when I was a kid and I'd curse too much and I had to eat the bar of soap. They all have, you know, Trinidad especially. Trinidad has that very soapy component to it. Heavy and, on the floral. Yeah, and if you look at cigar sales throughout the country, uh, throughout the world rather, non-Cuban cigars are starting to catch up to Cuban cigars in Europe. Well, if you look just at units, period, globally- yeah. They don't make as many cigars as the other countries. 72 million or something like right. that? They 80 million? They don't draw test all their cigars. You're going to have burn issues. You're going to have plug issues. You're going to have the quality and consistency isn't in Cuban cigars that's in Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan, especially even American made cigars. Especially at the price point you're paying. Yes. You're, you're going to, for that type of flavor experience that you're looking for, just about any cigar coming out of Nicaragua is going to be a better experience. And if you're buying a $10 Cohiba, you're buying a $10 Fohiba because <laughs> you are not getting the real thing on a beach in Mexico or the Dominican Republic or wherever you happen to be. You know, a, a Bahiki legitimately retails for $35 to $40. There are far better $10 cigars you can buy three of. Share them with your friends. Have a better time. Have a better experience. You know, th- th- there's a guy on there's a guy on um, social media, Ferdinand Piet. He used to live in the Netherlands. Now he lives, I think, in Singapore. And he doesn't buy Cubans. He refuses to buy Cubans because Nicaragua is making far better cigars in his eyes and in my eyes. Hey, you can't go wrong. You yeah. smoke a Perdomo. Yeah. You know it's going to draw. You know it's going to burn. And maybe you don't like the taste of Perdomo. I can't guarantee you're going to like that. But 
I can guarantee you're going to always have a good draw and you're always going to have a good burn. And once they lift the embargo, the whole thrill of getting something that's taboo is going to disappear. The only re- I think the only reason why some people like them and send your letters into the mailbag, be pissed off at me, but I think the only reason why a lot of people like them is because, oh, I can get something that somebody else can't because I'm going to take the risk to hope I get the real thing if I order. Do you think anybody, as a result of anything that we say on the show, changes their opinion of us? No, it's like getting into a political fight on Facebook. You're not going to change somebody's opinion. Obviously, people hate But you're not the cigar authority. We are. I'm right. You're wrong. We know people hate me. They write in. They tell us that they do. It's all good. Is there anything that I'm going to say that's going to change somebody's mind? And and you you as well. You've got people that love you, people that hate you. I, I don't think it's going to matter. Write in if you want. We'll tell you why you're wrong again. If you want to save a cigar for later, simply cut the end off, drop it into a glass tube, and you're good to go for days and days. And I've heard even people taking that tube and putting it in their humidor to age it after they've smoked half of There's it. There's only one cigar that that works with. And if you follow Dave's uh, Facebook page, you saw him and Ed Sullivan take a, uh, what's the Italian cigar? The Toscano. Toscano. They broke it in half, and they each had, you know, Dave had the shorter piece, Ed had the longer piece. You've had it in your back deck, and you've left it on the steps for days. You've come back, and once you purged it, it was just as it's, good. Yeah, it's dry cured tobacco. That's you, the you only have to cigar like, to work on. You have to like that taste to begin with. Yes. But let me tell you, that flavor doesn't change after a rainstorm. The sun beating on it, half of it was bleached out. It tastes exactly the same. But you got to like that taste, right? And that's which the I only cigar that will do that. And that's something that I don't think happens as much as it used to. You know, you used to see the the older gentleman, for lack of a better way to put it, who would cut his cigar, put it in his pocket, put it in a in a in a tube, or what have you. People that were products of the '30s, I think, are the ones that are more inclined to pinch those pennies and save something for later. I don't, we're, we're more of a throwaway society, but let's say you did want to save your cigar for later and you're going to get back to it in the next eight hours. I wouldn't even go that far. I'd say you could go maybe 10 hours and go the next day, but you want to exhaust the chamber. You just blow through it and then set it down, let it go out. If you cut it off at the end, all this tobacco that at the end of the cigar has been exposed to the heat from the ember. When that dries, it's going to be brittle and it's going to crack. You're best to leave that alone, leave it undisturbed. If you cut it, you're just risking the cigar unraveling. And not only is it going to taste a little funny in 10 hours, but it's also going to blow up on you. So if you did want to save a cigar for later, you got a window of eight to 10 hours, maybe. And you can relight it by heating up that. And Dave does it all the time, heating up the the ash at the end to burn it off, get it Cherry hot. Right. You want the ash to change color as if it was fresh Correct. tobacco. You want that orange ember. The orange glow. Yep. And then you blow through that. Yeah, instead of pulling in like you would do on it, maybe an initial light, you want to blow out. And especially if the cigar just went out, you can come back to it. It doesn't change the flavor much. I'm going to say if you let your cigar go out, it is going to, you're going to, your smoking pleasure is going to diminish a little bit if you're really looking for subtle notes. When we do this, the cigar tastings for Cigar Journal magazine, I got to make sure I have the solid hour to dedicate to the cigar so it doesn't go out because it's not fair. That's somebody's baby. Right. And, and you should also know what time you have when you go out to buy a cigar so you don't put yourself in this situation. If you only have a half hour, don't buy an 8x80 Asylum 
make sure you have the hour, hour and a half to devote to that. If you can smoke that in an hour and a half, buddy, you're a professional. You are a professional. If you must touch up your cigar to correct the burn, it was a bad cigar or it was rolled improperly. Cigars that dry out. Uh, that's another one. I'll save that one. Um, to touch up your cigar is not the end of the world. No, I mean, and there are some people that get out of control with touching it up. You know, our, our own Trevor downstairs, where we do the show at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, high above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem. Trevor, if it's not razor sharp and straight all around, he's touching it up, touching it up, and complaining about it. No. The only reason you should touch it up is if you got like a really bad canoe. Otherwise, it'll correct itself. In most cases, they do correct themselves. Mm-hmm. Not a great razor-thin burn line on this wrapper because it's Candela. So it doesn't it's, spend as much time in the curing barn. It doesn't spend as much time getting fermented. It's got about three days on it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some burn issues. It doesn't make it a bad cigar. You just touch it up. That's why you have a lighter. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, an indication that the guy that rolls 300 of these a day did it wrong on your cigar. Mm-hmm. Cigars burn wonky from time And there's to time. different variables. You're driving in a car. You got one the window open. Wind's coming from one side. Rotate your cigar as you're smoking it, and you'll reduce the risk of it burning off. Yeah, the wind you has You sit out on your back deck. The wind's coming from the east. Only one side's going to get extra air. It's going to change the speed of the burn. Rotate your cigar as you smoke it. There's too many variables to place it on the roller. Yeah, it's just an easy out. Uh, if you – a cigar that dries out, Never tastes right again. And that is, I think, completely wrong. I've had cigars that even here we do cigar tastings. And when we wrap up for the season around Christmas time, things get put away. And a box of cigars got put away. It had a water pillow in it. The water pillow dried out. The cigars dried out. I put the cigars in my humidor, rehydrated them. And they came back completely came back no waves on the wrapper or anything sometimes when you look at a cigar and, and the wrapper the cigar has been dried out and brought back sometimes the wrapper has some waves to it these came back completely 100 percent, and they smoked perfect and they tasted exactly like the ones that had been in humidity tobacco gets dried out and re-wet dried out and re-wet a hundred times before it becomes a cigar and, and gets into your hands and the first time we met oliver duveau who's the director of sales for united before he was the director of sales uh, united he used to buy old cigars. First time we met him, he came in with a box of cigars from like the 1920s, and these things were brutal looking. You know, you had the the waviness in the wrapper. And it yeah. looked like if you touched it, it was going to fall apart. And he spent the time. He brought him back up. About a year later, he came by. He gave us one. Didn't have the flavor as it probably had back in the day. But well, he brought it 1920s. back to the 1920s. Right. He brought it back to the spongy foot, the yeah. even smooth looking wrapper. The, the the seams were normal again. So you if you have the time and the patience, you can definitely bring a cigar back from the dead. You certainly can. And I didn't I myself didn't go through any painstaking process. I threw them in the back of my humidor and just left them there for three months and with cellophane on them. So the cellophane allowed the moisture to permeate a little slower than normal. I'm not saying you take your padrones and do it like that. You know, you're gonna take your time with those, but Regular cigar and cellophane, I've brought them back many times and I got no issues. Now, do you do it evenly? Like, do you, do you put them in like a, uh, a humidor set to 40 or 50, bring it back and then move it into another humidor that's at like 60? 
Or do you or do you just throw them in a humidor that might be overhumidified and speed no, up no, the no. process? What's no, the no, right no. way to do you that? You don't you don't go super high humidity. You want to go I keep my humidor already about 62%. I hold it there. I keep it low as well. I keep mine in the low 60s. So I'm not jamming extra humidity into the the cigar and really the issue is going to be the foot that's going to expand and catch that moisture initially. So because I keep mine at a lower setting, I I just throw them in the back and and it's good to go. And what what is the the telltale time sign that it's time? You give the foot a little squeeze. So you want to give me uh the camera here. So this is the placentia that we're smoking in the next hour. So when I squeeze the foot, there should be a little bounce and the cigar should come back to where it is. And this is a box press cigar. It's going to feel a little firmer than a regular cigar, but that little squeeze, that little bounce at the end lets you know that the humidity is right here. And we pulled this out of the humidor downstairs uh, just before the show started. So it's coming out of 70%. It can sit on the desk here and be fine until we smoke it. But that bounce is what you're looking for. That's how you know. All right. My box of cigars came, the box my cigars came in is basically a humidor suitable for long-term storage. We hear this in the cigar shop. And uh, I'm going to say this is false. It's false for a couple of reasons. Number one, the seal on the box is far too thin to be able to be airtight. And this is why cigar boxes are cellophane wrapped around the outside. Right, especially seal on a cardboard up. box or I don't, know Dress if they still use, right, I don't know if they still use cardboard. There might be a uh, thing of wood in there. It might be balsa versus cedar. But a perfect example is a uh, double chateau Fuente box. You know, that, that, that's, that's a, a dress box. Right. That's a box that has no seal to it. It's just a, 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 a lever that goes down flat. It used to be held together with a nail. I haven't opened on it in forever. So I don't know if it's still held together with a nail. But there's, there's absolutely no seal. There's no seal. Uh, you get Padron, which their higher-end boxes have a little seal to them. Yep. And their lower-end, the 1000 Series, is just a flat top that folds down. These are not meant to do anything except get cigars from point A to point B, they all come with an outer wrapping, a cellophane wrapping on the outside to keep the box sealed so that the moisture that's inside stays inside for a longer period of time. As soon as you take that cellophane off, the clock starts ticking. You can buy yourself a little time with something like a water pillow, but this is not for long-term storage. This is to get you from the cigar shop to your humidor. You got a couple of days. Now there are some it. brands that are a bit of an exception to the rule. If the cigar is a designed humidor, like the Byron, you know, Byron comes in a humidor. Yep, it has a hygrometer in front of it. Some of them it comes with its own humidification. Ocean humidification. Same thing with the Bandolero tin. Yep, it has the humidification. Those are humidors, in. right? If it, those are some exceptions to the rule. So it's you know we're not carte blanche saying none of them, but there are a couple exceptions to the rule. Few and far between. Removing ba- the band prior to lighting. This is something that I see a lot. Uh, we know from Dave, the uh, who's the guy? New York Giuliani. Okay. Rudy Giuliani takes the band off. He's the f- most famous cigar smoker mm-hmm. that I know of that does it. He takes the band off before he lights the cigar up. There's things where people are concerned about the cigar that they're smoking, whether it's a cheap cigar or a more expensive cigar than the guy that's next to them. You're better off if the cigar comes in cellophane, leaving the band on until the ember gets up close to that wrapper. 
Maybe you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. You're smoking an expensive cigar. They're smoking a bundle brand. If I'm driving a Mercedes Benz, I rip the hood ornament off. No, I'm going to keep the band on. A lot of times it'll stir up conversation, especially if you're in a lounge that you don't know anybody. The cigars are a great equalizer. Sure. Conversation sparked. Conversation happens. One thing leads to another. You could just cover the band up, you know, hold it between your fingers. I'm I'm a leave the band on guy because if it comes in cellophane, they, they put a little bit of that fruit pectin on the back of the band and glue it to the wrapper. You just run in the risk of having Damaging a the wrapper, right. You want that to heat up so it peels off almost on its own. Unless you smoke an Aroma Craft, Skip Martin will be on the show next week. No matter what you do with that cigar, it's almost impossible to rip off. You have to slide it off. Yeah. Dipping cigars in liquor is another one that I hear or people coffee. do. Or coffee. Uh, you end up with tobacco-flavored liquor, <laughs> and you end up with a soggy cigar. You want to smoke your cigar somewhere between 60 and 70% humidity with no exceptions. By adding liquor to it or adding coffee to it, you change the humidity of the cigar and cigars do not smoke better wet. They smoke better on the drier side, which yeah. we've proven. You know, if you want to smoke a flavored cigar, if you want to smoke something that has a sweet tip to it, you got Rough Riders. It's almost like dipping it in the, uh, the the foam of an espresso. It's going to give you that sweetness, but it's you know it's designed into the wrapper. If you want to smoke something that that has a liquor flavor to it, you know, smoke something like a, and I wouldn't say it's a full liquor fla- flavor, but smoke something like a Perdomo bourbon barrel aged. It, it will have some of that hint, some of that quality of a bourbon. But and this is something where the wrapper has been fermented inside that environment. Right. right. Don't They're do not it on your own. Pouring liquor onto it. Correct. And there's some liquor in few cigars in quotes where they either use a rack system where they have the liquor in the bottom, they dry the cigars out to forty percent, and when the cigar rehydrates up to seventy, it absorbs that liquor out of the air. There's other ones that are allegedly rolled through the the liquor. I don't know how, how much I believe of that, but, and then they're dried out. The answer is you buy a cigar, smoke the cigar as it is. Right. Smoke it the way the manufacturer, the blender, the, 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 the brand owner, they want you to smoke it. Don't add stuff to it. Cello on or off, parents? Biggest argument. It's worse than being Democrat or Republican. You get two people in a room. It's like political TNT in the cigar world. And I say that because Tom Troy's in the audience. He got his, he got his plug in. He was yeah. sitting there waiting for it. <laughs> There's no right answer. I disagree. I'm a cello on guy. As am I. And, but there are plenty of people who say cello off. If your cigar comes in cellophane, you leave it in cellophane. If it comes uncellophane, Why? don't add cellophane. Why take it out of cellophane? I'm going to be the guy. Be the guy. Why? You, the simple reason is I have a lot of cigars in my humidor. It holds 500. I probably have 498 cigars in there. Mm-hmm. The ones that are uncellophaned have their own drawer. It's not one that I go in often. I know what cigars are in there, and I go in with the specific intent to grab that cigar. They're separate from each other so that I don't have to go digging around. That is the most organized drawer in my humidor is the ones that are uncellophaned. But the, the problem is damage. Someone else goes in and my brother knows he can go into my humidor mm-hmm. if he's at my house. He knows which drawer is the uncellophane drawer and he's very careful. But not everybody's that careful. Someone goes in your humidor and digs in. Their fingernail nicks the wrapper. Don't let them go in. Pick the cigar for them. You still end up with more Especially damage. if you have that friend that knows nothing about cigars, but he always manages to pick out the most expensive one. Yeah, there's that guy. 
Plus, if you keep a cigar in a cello, and God forbid you're, you're exposed to uh, beetle issues, a beetle will go through the cello from the inside to try to get out, but I've never seen a beetle go from the outside of the cello into a cigar. So it's an extra layer of protection. Like a condom for your cigar. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm and a I'm firm a, believer. I'm a, and I'm a believer of two separate humidors. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it that way, have one one humidor for your non cello cigars like Padrones, and then have your other humidor for cello cigars like Atabay. Like well, Atabay when it first came out was uncello. Right, now it is. They put cellophane yep. on it because too many damaged cigars were coming through, especially in those porcelain jars. Yep. And they even switched over from the porcelain jars. Now everything's going to start coming in boxes because and a, and a foot band because you you end up with too much damage. That's why I'll keep them separate. I won't let them intermingle. I, I segregate my cigars. You're a segregator. All right, so we've smoked this candela now. I'm halfway down. I can't believe I'm smoking as fast as you with all this talking I'm doing. I'm holding my own. Don't throw me under the bus. I'm I mean, only it's saying not as that. Smooth as when Dave's no, 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 here. no, no, no. I'm not saying it, that you're not talking. I'm saying that I am talking much more than I normally do. So I'm just surprised that I was able to keep the thing lit. I am picking up some of those spice notes that you alluded to earlier, but that the the wrapper on this particular one is is kind of coming through more than I remember other candelas coming through. So we've had we've. We've had at least three Das Hombre Candelas that I remember. There could have been a fourth. The first year it came out, it was very, very much Candela. Second year it came out, it was much more spicier. This year, it almost seems like it's the perfect balance of the two. It's a nice, it, there's a nice amount of, of sweetness versus spice going on. Look at that. I have my vice. <laughs> I'm going to give it to myself because I deserve it. You, get, you only gave yourself half of one, yeah. but that's all right. Hey, you tried doing two things at once. Make sure that uh, your volume is up appropriately for doing the uh, going into the next segment there. Got a mailbag there before we go to our break? I do. Uh, written through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Ivan the Terrible writes, Hello from Edmonton, Alberta. Just a little thank you note for you guys putting on such a great show. I enjoy very much all of your conversations and diversity of your opinions. French being my mother tongue, I must admit something to David. Whenever you say the word cigar or cigar, you have the classiest pronunciation ever. Just hearing you say the word makes me want to light one up. Two Guys Smoke Shop is on my list of most wanted places to visit the next time I'm in your great state. Cheers to all of you in the meantime. Ivan. I'm so glad I didn't make a white flag comment. What the this guy turned out to be a nice guy. You always have to go to the negative. Always. I always. think I can squeeze one more All in right. here. You're going to want to weigh in on this one, I think. Gary writes through the Contact Us page. I see a lot of people talking and debating mold versus plume. What are your thoughts? According to Steve Saka, there's no difference between the two. I disagree. There, there you want to there, there, expand on that? Yeah, there, there are some cigars that will come out, you know, back in the day, um, I'm talking way back in the day, Costa Ray used to have a cigar that came in a tube and then the tube was wrapped in cello. And you pull out the cigar and there'd be, 
there'd be like a, a almost like a little haze to the cigar. A little dusting. Right. And it wasn't, you know, like one concentrated white spot. It was just like a little bit of haze. The way to, to the to way to, that's plume. The way to tell the difference and I've heard people say that it it's all mold, but the way to tell the difference is how humidified your cigars are. So you squeeze the foot and it's spongy as hell and almost feels like you could wring it out and you see white. some white powder on it. Yeah. That's absolutely mold. It's unsmokable. The cigars at perfect humidity, you know that your humidor hasn't had a spike in humidity and you've got a few cigars and all the same brand and they're all getting that light dusting. From my experience smoking those cigars, they are the best version of that cigar. And as I understand it, and I'm sure Dave will correct me because yeah. he's listening, the I'm, I completely lost it by throwing it to Dave. But I'm yeah, no, I remember back in the day, I'd pull them out of the tube and, nope, that doesn't have it. Put it back, put it back in the shelf. And, you know, it's when I have my own place. It'd go down, oh, this one has it. I'm going to smoke it. I know what I was going to say. The tobacco has a, a, naturally in it, has a way to fight the plume or the, the mold. And when it finishes its aging, just before it drops, it's now lost its ability to be able to withstand that, assuming that the humidity is correct. And that's when you start to see that little dusting on it. And now you know that the cigar has peaked. That's how I understand it. People can certainly write in and argue. but And I'm sure they will because the chat room's already arguing about it. Perfect. All right. When we come back, you've been thinking about turning part of your home into a mini smoking lounge, but are not sure where to start. We're bringing on an expert who has done this many times and will walk us through the steps needed to pull this off. We are live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe on the No Dave Show. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Rafael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales, where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, all aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create the this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online 
online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast or better yet passionado cigar journal covers cigars in the u.s and around the world and is printed right here in the usa you owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine cigar journal available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website cigarjournal.com that's cigarjournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th Anniversary as the Decade on Steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba and after one light. This old school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop to shop operation 
is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. And we are back with our number two broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome back, everybody. When the weather is nice out, smoking at home is no problem. But here in New England, we have issues like rain, snow, and bitter cold. With us for a second time, I have second time, but you, you argue that it's been more than that, is Sammy B. of Sammy B.'s Construction to walk us through setting up an area in our home that we can smoke in without pissing off the wife. Welcome back, Sam. Yes, Mr. Jonathan. The time is 1.04, and it is a bombing 24 degrees outside. Perfect weather for grabbing your favorite cigar, sit down in front of a window, and just watch the world chill. Now, when are you going to chill? Never. Not a chiller. Just checking. Sammy B's the better brother. I work on it. Hands down, the better brother. I'm going to scoot over here. Sit close next to your friend (laughs) over there. So the first, the second cigar we're going to light up today is the Placencia Almafuerte Robusto. Why don't you tell us about that, Barrons? Yeah, today's second cigar is the Placencia Almafuerte, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua by Placencia. We're smoking the limited released release five and a quarter by fifty-two Robustus One. Features a Jalapa Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler from Nicaragua. And a single cigar will set you back eighteen seventy nine. Yes, Dave, when you're away, we smoke the expensive stuff. And a box of ten will go for one sixty seven ninety nine, which is a savings of about twenty dollars or eleven percent off the box price on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Very elegant looking band. You got that gold foil. Two bands you don't often see. It's actually three bands with the foot band. There's a foot band. You don't often see the secondary band on top of the primary band, and in this case, they've reversed the order of what you typically see. Right, and, it, make, and it makes sense because it's kind of like a shield. It comes down to a point, yep. and the top of it is pretty much straight across, so it it, it fits better aesthetically on top. Helps it stand out on the shelves and uh, needs all the help it can get at uh, close to eighteen dollars. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. 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 The foot celery salt. 100%. I like celery salt. With a little bit of cedar. I get cedar. Definitely picking up cedar. Cold, I don't know about that. Cold drawer is a little bit earthy. Nah, I'm, I'm with you on the celery. There's a little celery. Maybe celery seed. Yeah, because you can't smell salt. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Intimidator. Featuring four jets, a color-changing flame, easy adjustment at the bottom, and the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. Slider retails for $24.99 and is worth it all day long. The Vertigo Intimidator. 
I'm intimidated just picking this big-ass tank up. It holds a lot of fuel, so you don't have to ghost it as often. I got to say, the this lighter works really well all the time, and <coughs> the Cyclone that I did, did the demonstration works on the time. These guys are firing on all cylinders when it comes to making quality lighters. Would you say a, a cigar, a lighter that has more jets will work more often? Because you would think a single jet, it's easy if one jet's clogged, you're screwed. Three or four jets, one or two are screwed, uh, you know, blocked. You still have one works, therefore you're less screwed. I think as a backup plan, having multiple jets is good. The tough thing about multiple jets is they go through fuel faster. So that's why they need to have such a large tank with the four jet lighter here. You end up with a smaller tank and four jets and you're filling it up like you do with your single flame. I could probably weld with this thing. Definitely make a creme brulee with it. That's like for sure. It. So the reason that we have you on the show today, Sam, is I got a couple of mailbags about the same thing. First one from Dan, who writes through the Contact Us page. Big fan of the show. Love it. I'm a sales rep with tons of drive time. This podcast helps with that. I look for, I'm looking for a particular episode that someone mentioned to me. And Dave talks about installing air purification slash ventilation, etc. for the first time and the improvement it made in the shop. After scrolling through the archives, nothing in the titles is jumping out at me. Can you point me in the right direction? Please advise. And signed Dan. And I said, well, I couldn't find it either. So why don't we do a little segment about it? And really the issue, before I do that, I'm going to read the next email because then we can kind of get it into it. Uh, also through the contact us page, I see that Sammy B is going to do a building a smoking room in your house. How about a show on converting a shed into a smoking room? Thanks for the great shows. And uh, Tom Troy has that. Yes, he does. Of political TNT my fame. When we needed AC. That was what we he were has. Known. Did that come oh, from Lucky goodness. by any chance in a no. shed? <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, so really the issue becomes, do you go with air purification or do you go with exhausting? And we're going to, we'll cover both. The first thing is air purification. So you're going to be in a room and you're looking to extract the smoke out of the air and you're looking to pull the ash particulates out of the air so that you have less odor. The problem that I see with that is, although you can clean the air pretty well, you really can never get the odor out completely. It's always going to smell like somebody was smoking there because no matter what you do to the air around it, you're always going to have that settling effect. I think that's the biggest problem with the spouses, not so much that you smoked, knowing the you odor, smoked right. a few hours later. And days later. Yep. So that's that's one thing. And there's, there's a few companies that do a good job. We've done Auric on the show before. They were a, a sponsor early on. Rabbit Air does a pretty decent job with theirs. You're dealing with HEPA filters. You just... You're dealing with, you're trying to mitigate an odor, sprays, whatever, but the smoke coming off the cigar and the smoke that you're exhaling is going to permeate its way through the house if you're not in a sealed room. So that is a less expensive way to go about it at between four and $1,000 for purification. But what Sam's going to tell us about is exhausting. 
right? We're going to exhausting, s- yes. set up an exhausting system. Negative pressure, to be exact. So in the long run, this has to be less expensive because some of those other devices, you have to constantly replace the filters. Replace the filters. And the filters can run into a small fortune. Yeah, they some of them, the Auric I know has a reusable filter that you can rinse off. You really should have two because if you put that in and there's even the slightest little amount of moisture on that filter, you have a welding issue at that point. The thing sparks up all kinds of crazy. So what is the difference, Sam, between negative pressure and positive pressure and why does it matter? Well, um, positive pressure has a tendency to bellow out. Let's just using a sealed room, bellow out. So it's going to push Correct. from inside to All outside. All directions. All right. Positive. Which would not be good because if you're smoking in that room, it's going everywhere. That's, it's going to be pushed out of the room and into the building. So negative pressure, opposite of positive, sucks in. Creates a vacuum. Creates a vacuum. Correct. The best way I find, I use negative pressure all the time for dust collection and when we're making cuts with skill saws, you end up with dust and smoke. Uh, sometimes smoke you do not want to smell. Uh, usually cat urine and mouse and, you know, the things that live underneath floors that we end up cutting up. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. So to... Uh, s- to mitigate that. To, yeah. You, you got good words over Thanks. there. Thank you. I didn't come prepared. It's got 37 pages. <laughs> All right. So you're going to create a negative pressure space. Right. So let's, uh, I made a uh, mock temporary. So let's say you, you want to have a party, six, 10 people in a, I mean, a, a smaller room would be better. It would cost less. But uh, if you were to go into, I think I could make you a temporary room, take a little bit of work. You know, you actually got to get some elbow grease in there for under $500. All right. Um, have anyone ever seen the uh, movie, uh, TV show Dexter? Yeah. Yep. All right. So he makes those rooms so that uh, he doesn't get blood everywhere when he's murdering and cutting people well, into I'm pieces. I'm a little nervous that you're referencing a serial killer. Well, but okay. he has a good idea. <laughs> so if you were to completely engulf a room in plastic, the ceiling, the walls, uh it it looked kind of kind of scary. It would definitely yeah. be scary, but you could uh, have an area that you now could control what comes in and what goes out of fairly easily. Yeah. Uh, so they make these uh, systems. It's called the zip wall system. It comes with some poles. You, it comes with plastic. It comes with a zipper that you adhere to some plastic to actually zipper the plastic right up like a doorway. So and it's similar to the stuff they'll put around the house when the house is being fumigated. Very, uh, yeah, lighter mill plastic. Okay. But yeah. Uh, I have a three mil, three and a half mil plastic is usually what I use. It's kind of rigid. It accepts blue tape a little better than uh, one mil plastic, which is pretty much a shopping bag. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's say we, we get these zip wall systems. Uh, I think you'd need at least two se- set of systems to uh, put up four walls. Um, and the smell of the cigar, like you were saying, afterwards uh, it, it lingers. Like you can tell someone smoked in the room. That, that, that mostly has to do with the ash. Even if you're careful with the ash getting in the ashtray, the, the ash falls off a little bit. You know, we see it on the the desk here at the end of the show. I've got to wipe the desk down because we end up with ash on the desk. There's nothing you can do about it. That is what carries the majority of the odor. Okay. You also have the lingering, I mean, smoke rises. Correct. So your ceiling is probably your culprit. 
uh, for the leftover aromas of the actual cigar, not the carbon from your your ashes. My basement right now has the uh, fiberglass insulation in the ceiling. So if I were to smoke down there, that is going to, without question, absorb the aroma of the smoke and stay in that basement. So I don't smoke down there. I actually, when I smoke at home, I smoke upstairs because the ceiling and the walls are sealed. I don't have to worry about it. I can just vacuum up dust and I'm pretty good. Okay. Um, Your wife allows that? Of course. Oh. Yours doesn't? Yeah, she does. Okay. Jonathan does all the dusting in the house. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Not, yeah. not the smoking. Yeah, no, it's yeah. mandatory for me. All right, so the French made outfit. We've got our zip walls up. Scary. How are you going to create a negative pressure inside that environment? All right, so you need a fan to draw the air from the room you're in, pushing out into an area that you don't mind to have. I, I smoke. would think outside would be outside's a better, ideal. Yeah, ideal. Um, and then you need to open the opposite side of the room. Just less less of a space on the opposite side of the room of, a, of air coming in than what's going out because you want it to actually pull from that side. Right. So once it's once you get a draw going, you're gonna probably need if if that draw is coming from let's say you are, uh, you're in your basement, the upstairs door is going to be full of smoke. Right. If that were to be cracked, most people let's use an average house, a colonial, there'd be a bathroom right across the hallway usually from the basement stairs. Yep. The window in that bathroom should be cracked. Now the door to the basement air. should be cracked. Your zipper towards the basement should be cracked. And then your out should be down the other the other end of your room. And you'll actually draw that cold air or warm air or whatever air is outside is going to be drawn through that door. Smoke will not go out, but air will come in. And the smoke will be going out your exhaust fan. Okay. And uh, I'm imagining that I build this in my basement in the corner and you've been to my house. So I got space in there. I'm doing a, I've got enough space down there to do maybe a 15 by 20 room encased in plastic. So I could have that exhaust fan in my little window and they make exhaust fans specific for those type of windows. Yes, they do. I could drop that right in there and I could be pulling the smoke out and I'm in a plastic room. So there's no issue with you're, the you're gonna need uh at least three to five hundred cfm which is uh cubic feet per minute minute i would imagine yeah that sounds good let's use that <laughs> uh the, the more cfm the easier it is to be able to draw from the room you want to draw from i usually have a, a window that goes out and one in and we use that to walk in in and out. And we usually only have to vacuum any dust within the few feet that your first step footsteps come out of due to it being stuck to your foot as opposed to the airborne dust that's in the area that we're cutting. Right. So that airborne dust ends up getting sucked out. Correct. Like the smoke and like the ash coming off your cigar. Correct. So uh, we get these zip wall systems. They run about a buck fifty-seven at any one of your local... Uh, box stores there. Uh, I'm not going to mention them because I don't like them myself. So what if we wanted to make a permanent installment and I've got space and I got a little bit of ability to use a saw myself and I want to do something. What's what's the play there? You want to do it yourself? I recommend hiring a professional. You're going to get more out of it. You know, we have a podcast on our network called the Don't Do It Yourself podcast and that's what they recommend is hiring a professional. They do recommend that. That's two plugs, Tom Troy. You owe me. <laughs> All right. So 
Someone's going to hire you. What what is this? What is this going to cost to make a permanent installation? Um, for let's just use your example, a fifteen by twenty. That's a uh, three hundred square feet. Uh, it's a fairly good sized man cave. Uh, your ceilings are probably only going to be about seven foot six if it's in a basement, and um, seven four depends on <coughs> what year your house was built. Um, and I mean, we're going to have to do. We have to stud in the walls for insulation factor. You need in, uh, insulation for soundproofing as well as for insulating uh you're going to need electricity you want a bathroom downstairs or you want people to continuously go through to your bathroom upstairs some people want a, a bathroom in their basement well because the thing that goes along with cigar smoking is drinking typically and with consuming fluids you're going you to need, need to, to why are you looking at me out. when you're saying drinking <laughs> i think you know the answer to that question parents yeah i do but why so hey, you want to you want to wipe that lipstick off can you? <laughs> it's not working in this lighting for you. Okay. You guys are just You're encouraging him. You're just encouraging him. So those are your own supple lips? Yes. Okay. Just they are. This just got a little, uh, yeah. It was just for you, man. I no, no I can't you. even look at them. All anyway, right. So what long are we- story short, so let's, let's say you need some, uh, some plumbing, uh, some sheetrocking, flooring, trim work. Uh, you'll need an, uh, a window for fresh air of some co- some kind. Maybe a walkout would be ideal in your basement. Uh, even a, a bulkhead would be fine for coming in and out. Uh, exhaust fan, if you're going to be smoking down there, uh, I recommend uh, 600 CFMs. And they make it uh, in a bathroom fan that goes... It would be what would be in a bathroom, but I would centralize it in the room and have it exhaust directly outside. You're going to need be on a switch, so you use it when you need it. Correct. Uh, it could be on a temperate. Now, temperate one of the control. issues that we have here, especially in the wintertime, is I use negative pressure at the end of the building to pull the smoke out, but it is it is a true exhaust fan. I believe it's 1,200 CFM. That's a big boy. And it sucks everything out. Oh, yeah. The smoke, the dust, the heat. The heat. Small I, children, I, I, <laughs> it just, it sucks everything. So in that room, I have to have a special zone for heating that can recover the heat. In that so, room. For that room. So what, what kind of issues are you looking at in a home to be able to pull that off? You, you're going less CFMs. Let, way less CFMs, yep. It's in a basement, so it's going to be 60 degrees all the time anyways. Do you need to add additional heat to that room? If you're planning, if you're in New England and you're planning to hang out in the basement, I recommend heat of some kind. Uh, usually, you can uh, t- come right off of one of your. If you have uh, forced hot air, you can come right off of one of the ducts. one of the ducts and just point one or two down into the room, sheetrock around it, just similar to what you have here. Okay. Most people see the duct work in their basement. Most people don't want to see the duct work in the basement when it's a finished space, which can all be encapsulated and look pretty. Uh, we're looking at around uh, $25,000 to put together a 300-square-foot room. That would be your media station. You have to buy your own TV, but it would be all set up to sit back, throw furniture in, and kick it. Or just chill. That's uh, ac- that's actually less than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be higher. So I got, I got a question for you. You, you, now you. You're building the basement man cave, and you got the intake and the outtake for the smoke okay now if you look at my basement the back of my house the basement is below ground where in the front of the house the basement's above ground 
does the exhaust have to be north south or can one be on the north wall and one be on like the east wall i would say you could have is the room gonna go from north to south well it's gonna have four walls But do they have to be on opposite walls, or could they be kind of cornered next to each other? Cornered next to each other would have a tendency to create a circle in just that corner. So you're going to want full draw from one side to the other. Much like in my example of the car, when you're smoking in the car Mm -hmm. and you're not trying to blast your wife in the passenger seat, and she's kind enough to let you smoke in her presence, like mine is, you want to create that opposing draft. So I open the back window on her side and the front window on my side. And it pulls the smoke kitty corner across the car based on that high pressure, low pressure that we talked about in that episode. All right. So uh, around $450 if you felt like the need to make yourself a plastic room. Very easily doable. And you could shore that up with with strapping. and The zip wall system has feet that hold the bottom of the plastic, a foot that holds the top end of the plastic. So once you have your, your ceiling... Usually the ceiling is the toughest part. I'll use a two, T50 staple gun and staple right into the sheetrock. And what do you do? Because smoke is going to find its way through those holes. So how do you fill the holes from the staple? Or do you? You're talking about a minute hole your wife will still never know. We're talking about hiding this from the wife now. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is the key. <laughs> uh, Lasco fan you can buy. They're, you know, seen those little wind window fans with the two turbo fans next to each other one in one out i recommend both out of course uh they also come with thermostats the fan only kicks on when it gets to this temperature if you're working a a, in the summertime with a heated element yeah and you keep continuously sucking that cold air you could always wear a jacket in the basement too I, i make my wife wear a sweater all winter long well let's uh let's and you 64 degrees is not a warm. It's not warm in no, your house not ever. Not at all. Why don't we uh, find out what is in the cigar world with our good it's friend Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up? In the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. And Louisiana has joined the ranks of states looking to raise the tobacco age to 21, while the state of Maine is seeking to raise their tobacco tax 305%. The new proposal will take the current Maine price of $12 on a cigar and raise it to approximately $18.10. The state of Maryland has seen a bill introduced that would remove the cigar tax. In a study performed by the state, the removal of the tax would have no impact financially on local communities, but it would create a positive effect for small businesses. In the state of New Hampshire, a bill to raise the smoking age to 21 has been tabled into 2020, meaning the Senate won't take it up till next year at the earliest. Dr. Scott Le- Gottlieb has given his one-month resignation as the head of the FDA. He cited personal reasons to spend more time with the family. And the FDA has also extended the deadline for testing of cigars. The deadline for large manufacturers has been moved out six months and nine months for small manufacturers. And there's some belief that it will be extended even more after that. 
And that's what's up in the cigar world. And the question for Sammy B, if you put plastic around the studs of a basement and you put sheetrock on top of the plastic, is that doable because the person doesn't want to look at plastic? Uh, my plastic was for temporary. You'd be taking this down uh, at the end of your event, if you would. Uh, plastic is always over the studs. It uh, cause, Unless you put a vapor barrier, which sometimes comes on insulation. If you buy insulation that does not have a vapor barrier, you have to have a vapor barrier to slow down. And then we're talking about humid, humidity right. and, and condensation. It It'd slows. An issue of mold. Correct. You would end up with mold if you didn't have uh plastic plastic i never liked plastic i always found mold to be behind the doing remodeling all the time you always find mold behind the plastic but it wasn't from the plastic side it was from the outside of the house leaking causing a wet area and then mold is created after that usually means you have rodents coming in they bring moisture with them their holes create newer holes water gets in and it's all over. And it's problems. Coming up on the uh, future shows, we've got Skip Martin from Roma Craft, along with Mike Rosales next week. Uh, the week after that, we have Dave coming back from the TAA. And then uh, March 30th, we've got the ninth anniversary with Terrence Riley of Aganorsa Leaf. And then uh, one I'm not sure Dave wants me to tell, but there's it says on the notes here, Secret Cigar Rep. Rep X tells all. I don't know what that's about. I'm nervous. A little it's, telling of the secrets. I I don't know what that's going. What's going on with that? But you know, Dave, he likes his controversy. So, so let's say the and and I don't want to mention Mike Damari's name. Uh, let's say you live in your mother's basement <laughs> and you eat hot dogs with ketchup. Could you? Find, is there a way for you to do this construction in such a way that his mother doesn't find out until it's done? The finished basement or the temporary smoke room? Either or. How long would a finished basement take? Finished basement uh, with scheduling plumbers and electricians, permits and whatnot would probably take three to four weeks. And the actual build once the permits are done? The entire project okay. should take three to four weeks. All right. Just send her on Good. vacation. <laughs> Fair enough. It's going to cost you more than twenty five grand to pull that off. Uh, so let's say someone's listening and they want to hire you to build a smoking room. How do they get in touch with you? Well, I am reachable at sammybsconstruction.com. Uh, it's uh, 1-M-S-A-M-Y-B-S construction. We put the B-S in the name. Leave it out of the construction. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well you can go there. You can book me for uh, to come by to your house and have a look right there on the website. A little consultation. Yep. All free, right. free consultation. Why don't we uh, take a peek into the asylum with our friends at Asylum Cigars? They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away. It's time, for the, it's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars 
with sizes ranging from 4 by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 by 80 Asylum Cigars. A man in Attleboro, Massachusetts, had the cops called on him by a woman who felt violated. The reason she felt violated was his dog humped her dog in the dog park, which led her to call in the cops to report the man and make him leave. The man wouldn't leave, and the woman became even more irate. According to the report, the man stated that when it comes to doggy style, he stands 100% behind his dog. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. (sighs) (laughs) Nicely done, Barrett. You wrap that up in a nice little bow. A yellow bow. (laughs) (sighs) So what are our early thoughts? You know, I have you on to help promote your business, and this is how you treat me. Taking Barron's side, some brother. So, I'm in the middle. So on this Placencia Amaforte Robustos one, I'm getting a little bit of plum, some coffee. I had a cocoa, and a little bit of cocoa mocha right at the going beginning, on. Yeah. I got milk chocolate and white pepper. I don't know where you're getting this plum nonsense from. <laughs> the crickets were for Barry. No, nah, the crickets are plum. for you, my friend. It's labeled. Says crickets, Mr. J, right on this jingle pallet. Whatever. All right. When we come back, I've got uh, some more letters in the mailbag that have specific questions regarding cigar storage for newbies, purifying the air during and after smoking, as well as an odd question about what to expect when you live in a remote location and rely on friends to bring you cigars. This one's a real head scratcher. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars and the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. 
since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar & Company. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. Ooh. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake. Jose Dominguez, not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, this cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by Cigar Master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. And we are back, and we're smoking the Placencia Almafuerte Robusto 1. I think. Delicious. 
or two. Might it's be the two. number one. Uh, so we got uh, a few mailbags. You all right over there, Barons? Yeah, I forgot my glasses were on top of my head when I put the <laughs> mic back on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we had a couple of very specific questions, and I thought we could address them here as a panel. Uh, Jared writes through the Contact Us page. I received a nice new 150-count humidor for Christmas and was wondering what is the best choice for the latest offering of humidification devices. Hoping for something that is usable over and over again. Thanks for all your help in everything you do at the Cigar Authority. Uh, so you got a couple of choices when it comes to humidification. I would say the best on the market as far as ease of use is going to be the Diamond Crown humidifier. You use distilled water only in it. It's a vapor <coughs> barrier for releasing the humidity. It's easy to fill. Very easy to fill. That's option number one. You've got the PG-based humidifiers, which are better as far as not requiring any babysitting whatsoever. You're going to hold that environment to roughly 70% humidity and, on its own. And PG is? PG is propylene glycol mixed with distilled water, and the two create uh, an environment that the water doesn't want to evaporate when the relative humidity gets above 70%. Isn't there another uh, solution you can dump it? You guys sell that you can dump in there besides distilled water? Yeah, it's that's the PG, the PG oh. solution. Stick. That's the solution. Stick with us. And then there's, <laughs> there's electronic ones that have louvers that turn themselves on, turn themselves off. Usually you see those in larger humidors. Guy's uh, got water pillows in my humidor at his house. At my, his humidor at my house. He's He's got one of those vapor barrier ones at his, at his house, keeping his... At 62, mine's eh. Whatever. 70-something. So, uh, Philip writes in. Uh, that's Jared. He's done. Philip writes in through the Contact Us page. I'm relatively new to the cigar life. I've listened to your podcast weekly since November 2016, when I first became interested in cigars. Sorry and I've greatly that. appreciated every show, as I've always learned something new when listening. As a newbie... One subject I find lacking is on proper storage. I understand that temperature and humidification involve science, but I'm 60 years old and simply want to be able to store them without having to go back to school for a PhD. Would it be possible to devote some time to a cigar storage made easy for us newbies? And yes, I've already made several purchases from two guys, including Garofalo's. Well, Philip, thank you for that. Really, the big key is temperature more than it is humidity. Humidity is the thing that everybody talks about, but you want to hold your cigars at the right temperature, which means in the wintertime, you want to have your heat on and not too hot. And in the summertime, you want to run your AC and how cold it gets almost doesn't matter. Uh, temperature is everything. You want to keep your temperature of your house at at or below 70 degrees. And that's going to- <laughs> as am i 64 we, in my well house you guys well. are both have you guys are both okay it's below in in the summertime you want to keep your cigars in an area that's cool so if you're not running air conditioning which you only run it in your in your bedroom you either move the cigars to the bedroom or you can bring them down into your basement i sir do not run an ac i run it in the jam room only i don't so, give the wife the ac now for a minute i thought he was calling the bedroom the jam room <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i like the couch as far as the the best ease of use using a PG-based humidifier is going to make it so that you have the least amount of work. You mount it to the top of the 
the lid of the humidor and humidity naturally wants to fall. So you, you'll get a nice coating. In my experience, acclimation is everything. And it only takes 72 hours to acclimate almost anything into any specific area or room. So if you have cigars that are, you buy at the store, they're at 70, you bring them to your humidor, you like 62, you put them in your humidor. Within three, three to four days, those cigars will be down to 62 is the rest of it. Okay. It's a standard. Well, I know when you did the flooring here, you brought, they made sure that the flooring was delivered and you brought it physically into the room where it stayed for three days, tucked behind the chairs to make sure that, that in that room you weren't dealing with expansion and contraction. Is that right? Correct. Uh, they got acclimated there. So I think PG-based is going to be the easiest way for a newbie to hold their humidor at the appropriate humidity, but really you want to make sure that you're storing that humidor in a temperature-controlled area. So it's time to hear the Don Rafael offer of the day brought to you by don rafael cigars everyone's got a price would you do this and if so for how much and the offer of the day is one thousand dollars parents your money or dave's money uh let's go with dave's money <laughs> uh you're gonna do the jackass which is swim with your trunks filled with shrimp in whale shark infested waters you have full scuba gear on but you must stay under until the sharks figure out that you're packing food in your drawers and they must make contact with you. What size shark are we talking? It's a whale shark, so it's uh, full size. Just they could be 20, shark. 30 feet. I'd ride that thing all day. <laughs> For $1,000. Yeah. Are what? whale sharks meat eaters? No. Well, they eat shrimp. <laughs> you probably couldn't fit your fists in the whale shark's mouth. No, their mouths are massive. <laughs> the size of this right here, this desk. The circle. They're nah. massive. No. They're not that hungry. They could they could swallow you whole if they wanted to. No, this is like a happy days jump to shock moment. No. You're not doing it. No. I'd be I'd be tempted. I don't know about a thousand dollars. That's kind of the sticking point. Well, for you're me. under the water, I'll be dropping blood into it. <laughs> you're you're a real chum. From your you vagina? <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. Now this is this is the. Uh, Where do you go from this, there? I don't know. This is the Check, question. Please. This is the question of the week right here, sent to us by our good friend Alex. Uh, he does rely on his friends to bring him cigars, and this is through the contact us page. Dear gentlemen, question mark. As you know, I don't live in the U.S. and usually have to rely on friends to bring me back cigars. At first, this was not a problem because I would receive my boxes intact. However, lately this has changed. My friends who have been doing me the favor are now bringing me twenty count boxes with a few sticks missing. Now, normally I share, hell, I try to encourage cigar smoking amongst my friends and clients so that we have a way to connect other than just business. But it does bother me that the favor, which I assume had no strings attached, does in fact have a cost. So to put this in context that your listeners and you guys could relate to, let's assume a friend went to two guys for a shop exclusive that was not available online and he returned the box light a few sticks. Uh, as you guys are the authority on all things cigars, what is your verdict? I wish you all a great rest of the weekend, and thanks for the great contenderment. I don't know what that means. If, if you're doing the right thing by, hey, thank you for bringing these over for me. Thank you for picking them up. Here's one for you. If you're doing the right thing, the person should not take it upon themselves to do it. You got 25. You're just going to get one? 
Yeah, you should probably yeah. give. You probably should give two. You should, ten percent Vic. Ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a But that's Vic. you're saying that. But now, a- if you're not doing it, the person should do it and be sending a message. And if you don't like it, find somebody else to do it. But make sure you do the right thing. Otherwise, it's going to happen with the next guy too. Yeah, my issue, I think, is in the assuming the taking of the cigars before the per- before my purchase gets to me. You know, I'm assuming that he's making them whole as far as the money goes. So. It's what it sounds like. We should give him a little bit more. It's his time. He had to go to the place to pick it up, or he had to wait for UPS to show up. He had to take the care of packing it in his luggage. Trouble waiting for UPS. You know, he he needed to make room in his suitcase. You should definitely so be coming across and giving cigars. Now, packed. if you're doing that and they're taking it upon themselves to dip in ahead of time, they're wrong. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's not the right play. It's not the it's not the right thing yeah. to do. You, you let the guy give you the compensation that right. he sees fit. Right, you should bring it up before you do it. You know, hey, I brought you these cigars. You know, can I get a couple? Can I get a couple? Ask. Fair enough. And then hopefully he'll get in the right mindset and go. You know, each time this guy comes and he brings me a box, let me come across and be the right, do the right thing. So, Alex, you have your answer. Do the right thing yourself, and the guy should not be taking the uh, cigars out. All right, it's time for the Classic Three-Way, brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow, it's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's Undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. And today's... You know, before you get into that, I wish Tony V from Dueling Comedians was here. Walter got up and left. I feel like we've disappointed. (laughs) I'd love to ask a comedian, how do you deal with somebody getting out and walking out in a show? He may have just should had we, an appointment somewhere. Should we have heckled him when he left? I don't, I don't know. He should have been heckling us after this abortion <laughs> we just put on for two hours. So uh, today is Saturday, March 9th. That's the date that I went with for the classic three-way. And in this case, it's going to be a two-way. I would like cheat. Stop. I would like to point out that the two of you uh, have the same initials in reverse. Sammy B and Barry Stein. S-B-B-S. Anyways. Our first contestant is uh, Steve. Super Bowl of bullshitters. Wilkos. Anything? Former Marine who began hosting the Steve Wilkos show in 2007. He was first introduced to television audiences as the 13-year veteran director of security on the Jerry Springer show. Born this day, Steve Wilkos. Who's up? Uh, why don't you take it, Sam? Uh, 54. Barry? 55. All right. I always forget how this goes. All right. Over would be too high. It was 1965, so which gives Barry me. the point. Barry gets one point there. 
All right. Cato. You're just as good as this as Davis. <laughs> it's confusing. Cato Kalin, TV personality who gained fame as a witness during the 1994-95 murder trial of O.J. Simpson. He then appeared on such reality TV shows as Celebrity Boot Camp, Gimme My Reality Show, and Reality Bites Back. Cato Kalin, born this day. 72. Uh, we're real close each time. 73. All right, and you are both over. He was born in 1960. Uh, this well, ge- good for him. Gentleman was born Howard Bailey Jr. Howard Stern? I don't know. Chingy, St. Louis rapper, whose hit singles, Right There and One Call Away, as well as Baby, uh, Bala Baby, dominated the airwaves in 2000. He's popular for albums such as Jackpot, Powerballin', and success and failure. He's managed the likes of rappers Ludacris and Murphy Lee under his record label, Full Deck Music Group. Born this day. My turn. You're up, buddy. 89. 78. Uh, 89 is over. 78 will take it. He was born in 1981. Two points, Barry Stein. And no points, Sammy B. You're following in my footsteps, buddy. You suck at this. I only I only get to win at the end of the year. When I have insomnia, I'm going to listen to this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to skip ahead to Happened This Day. Barbie doll makes its debut in the American Toy Fair in New York. The doll was designed by Ruth Handler and introduced by Mattel Toy Company. Its original cost was $3. Happened This Day. 1961. 61 says Barry. Uh, at 45. 45 says Sammy B. 61 is over. 45 will take it for the point. And we've got one question left. Uh, 1959, I'm sorry. 1959. A rapper known as Notorious B.I.G. Christopher Wallace was shot to death in a drive-by shooting while sitting at a stoplight in Los Angeles. This murder was thought to be brought upon as a rift between rival rappers from both the East and West Coast. Notorious B.I.G. was killed only weeks before his latest album, entitled Life After Death, was scheduled to be released. Happened this day. I think you're up, uh, Barron's. 90. 1990. 1997. 1997 for two points. And the win, and as a representative of my family, this means that I'm the champion. You know, you didn't say last question. This is How do we know there wasn't another 1997 question? 1997 was the answer. He nailed it. Two points for that. Nice job, buddy. So we're smoking the Placencia Almafuerte Robusto. I'm picking up a very subtle note of port wine. You know what? You don't get credit for that because that came from the Baroness. It did, but so, she was spot on with that, so, and I said so it first. So this is for her, not for you. <laughs> I still take credit for that. But take I think credit. this cigar would pair exceptionally well with a port wine. Hands down, she nailed it. See, I go the opposite way. I don't like to pair things that taste like the thing I'm pairing them with. I like opposing tastes or complementary tastes, and something that goes well with port wine is a little chocolate, a little cheese. So that's what I would pair with this. Similarities help enhance each other. What if they cancel each other out and you taste nothing? Then you're screwed. Like the amount of material that we've delivered on this show for the last two hours. Nothing. Hey, sometimes you need to do a show about nothing. 
Shows about nothing. Hey, it worked for a sitcom. Couple. All right. I got one more mailbag here. And uh, this is from our friend in the chat box. I believe he goes by the name Chubno through the contest. Which is Michael Howe. He's made us some uh, great Christmas ornaments over the years. The the, uh, coasters we had on the table for a while. That's from Michael Howe. He's a good dude. I so enjoy the show and getting the monthly care package and smoking along with you. The deals that come along with the cigars are the icing on the cake. The only thing that would make it better is getting a deal with the second cigar smoked on the show. It would be awesome to have the opportunity to purchase an upgrade and have both cigars for the week or at least a deal to purchase them. Again, thank you so much for all you do for the cigar community. Uh, we had a little bit of a backroom discussion about a, a bonus, and uh, it's something that's been discussed, and it may be in the works down the road. Okay. We'll see if it goes from uh, the drawing board to the uh, actual. It's not a no. Yep. I myself have trouble smoking through one cigar during your whole two-hour show. You guys get to put them out and light up a new one. Do you go back to your? You gonna smoke the rest of that one? Bring that a little closer to your mouth, buddy. Are you, it depends. Gonna, are you gonna smoke the rest of that one at the end no, of the show? It depends. No. Sometimes, sometimes I'll go back to the other one. You don't need any more hay. No, I, I picked up a couple for St. Patrick's Day. I'll oh, smoke okay. them on Sunday. How I've never I? had a candela. Is that what? That's yes. Called? Uh, that was very, very delicious, and I'm probably gonna finish smoking that one. Now you tend to like things on the earthier side, and you're not a fan of spice. Correct. Where does this Almafuerte fall as far as your delicious factor? It's right at the right at the perfect. Because there is some perfect. there is some spice to it, but there it's is. not overpowering. It's not in your face. It's the, not pepper. The no, burn line of that peppery. The burn line is really tight, crisp. So I know they're aging the tobacco well, and this is Placencia. They've been making cigars for years, mm-hmm. and they do age their tobacco well. If I mentioned a citrus note, would that be wrong? No, no. Uh, if, I was, if I wasn't geared to the next segment, I would have given you the, uh, the the harp. So the harp's there for you. Thank you. You may want to set your palate for the yeah. Uh, it's already there. The exit. Um, but you know, this is a medium to full, probably close to the full. And uh, if you like things a little bit medium, they have a cigar called Alma de Campo, which is a little bit less strength. Yeah. Um, both great cigars. I'm not finding this to be all that strong. I would put it at a, a five, maybe a six as far as... See, I got it at a six, maybe a seven, where the, the uh, Alma de Campo is probably a four to five. Now, if you're talking flavor, you know, we, we mentioned port wine, which is on the lower end as far as alcohol content, is it not? Correct. Wine is usually lower. Than but even rum. port wine, even a little lower than that, this is... I have no idea where I was going with that second time. Yeah, today. you know, early much, signs of uh, Alzheimer's. It there. might be. I need to smoke more cigars because tobacco helps stem that off. All right. I Next like time it. Dave goes away, we're trading places. Next week, you can have the, the, the this chair if you want. You're welcome to it. Next week, Dave and Ed Sullivan return from their mandate weekend with new and better ways to podcast. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And if you learn nothing for the past two hours, take a break, smoke a cigar. Keep the lid end out of your your mouth. mouth. I don't like that one. The views and opinions expressed
expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.